Hello, and welcome to the latest podcast from The Lancet Neurology. I'm Stephen Goodrick. Joining me today is Professor Steve Galletta from the Department of Neurology at the New York School of Medicine. We are going to discuss his review article on the neuro-ophthalmology of head trauma. Professor Galletta, many thanks for joining us. Pleasure to be here. Let's start with some context. What sorts of visual complaints are associated with mild TBI? Visual complaints are so common after mild traumatic brain injury. Patients have usually a wide variety of symptoms, including most prominently light sensitivity or photophobia. They could complain of blurred vision, double vision, trouble reading. Some may have depth perception problems or their eyes just feel sore. Uh, These visual complaints can be one of the most limiting symptoms that a patient has following mild traumatic brain injury or a concussion. Uh, Many patients require therapy, and for a few small percentage of patients, there can be persistent visual deficits. So what are the main eye movements that can be used to test high cognitive function? The main eye movements that we like to test at the bedside, although they can be normally formally tested in a lab using oculography, are one saccades. Uh, these are fast eye movements that are commonly affected. Uh, and, and in this case, patients may take a series of jumps to reach an attended target, or they may have trouble quickly directing their eyes opposite a direction of a target. On bedside exam, we like to have the patient refixate between two targets, such as your finger and, and your nose. Deficits of smooth pursuit are also quite common after head trauma. In this case, we usually like to have the patient track a moving object, such as a reflex hammer. It's important to emphasize that these tests do require clinical skill although some examiners could just rely on the subjective complaints of the patient, it's also helpful to look for these objective signs of dysfunction in the eye movements. One of the most important eye movements to test is the near point of convergence. Um, You have, in this case, the patient look at an approaching near target to determine whether or not at a certain point as you bring the target close to their nose, do they develop a subjective complaint of double vision. The examiner could also look for objective points of breakdown of fusion at near by seeing if one eye shifts or by measuring a deviation of their eyes. Finally, it's important uh, to test the patient's uh, ability to do vestibular function. Uh, particularly if the neck has been cleared of any injury, we like to do the head thrust test in which we take the patient's head and quickly move it while they focus on the examiner's nose. Any jump of the eyes off of the intended target would signify a potential vestibular problem. These are the main eye tests that uh, we like to assess both subjectively and objectively on the sidelines. Okay, these tests of visual function are also now being used to assess uh, sports-related concussion. What tests are currently being used to assess concussion on the sidelines, and why are they so useful? Well, um, we like visual performance outcome measure tests, like the test called the King-Devic test, because although they require saccades or fast eye movements and some convergence in order to perform, the test basically does the work for the examiner. In other words, you don't have to be an expert in eye movements to get some information about how they're working. And in that particular test, 
and other visual performance outcome measure tests, you're reading a series of numbers quickly, but all the examiner really needs to do is be able to time how quickly someone can do that visual task. So these assessments of visual function are also useful uh, not just for mild TBI, but also for moderate and severe TBI. So what sort of things will we be looking for um, in, in these conditions? In, in moderate to severe TBI, the deficits shift from deficits of function where you can see these subtle changes in how somebody's eyes move to often the, uh, the appearance of, of structural deficits in which there are overt nerve palsies. There might be six nerve palsies, third nerve palsies, optic nerve problems, or homonymous visual field defects. Some severely injured patients will have defects in higher cortical visual dysfunction and have more complex uh, visual problems. So the tests of visual pathway structure are really going to fit into the wider assessment of TBI. How do you see them being complementary to the, the other tests that are available? For yes, this? absolutely. I think that that's an important question. Currently on the sidelines, what is used is often cognitive tests, tests of memory and attention, orientation. And they're important because they test the frontal and temporal lobe function. In addition, balance tests are often used to assess how stable someone is. And, and because in mild traumatic brain injury and other forms of brain injury, the vestibular system and the cerebellum can be affected, patients' balance can be off. But we think there is a gap in our current sideline testing as we don't have vision testing as a part of the battery. And so we really miss the brainstem and other subcortical structures. And I think the visual system gives the clinician another opportunity to assess both the balance system and the cognitive system since our eye movements are so intimately linked to those areas. I think the assessment of visual function is going to be an important assessment in when looking at TBI and this is a really interesting review so thank you very much Professor Galetta for talking to us today. My pleasure. This is Stephen Goodrick saying goodbye until the next time.